0: Hello, everyone. It's Ann Duffy, and we are here today for the Dental Entrepreneur: The Future of Dentistry podcast. We're so happy you're here. We've got some amazing guests today. Two dear friends of mine, uh, one that I call a son, and another that is just a good friend. We're we're a little bit. Uh, I I think we are uh, maybe connected in other lives, um. Yeah, through but all through dentistry, it's been a, it's been a, a great journey, and so good to know these gentlemen. Um, first, I'd like to introduce you to Travis Rogers, who grew up in Silicon Valley. Technology has always been a huge part of his life, and he is passionate about building custom dental software solutions that make an impact on dentists, dental teams and patients. Over the past two decades, Travis has invented many dental software programs like Dr. DDS Innovations, One Click Referral, Verident, Scout Analytics, Record Link, Love Dentist, and more. Travis runs a dental software incubator and is considered to be among the leaders in dental innovation and technology. He has been called the number one entrepreneur in dentistry and is affectionately known as the dental technology guy. And because of all this, Travis is on our editorial board and he writes for every edition of DE. So you've got to keep following him. And he introduced me to this next gentleman uh, who I come to know, and he is very prominent in the industry and working with so many KOLs out there. Jim Gerson. He possesses 22 years of dental industry experience. He began his career in 2001 with Dentsply Tulsa Dental introducing, dental introducing rotary endodontics to practices in the greater New York area. He then continued his career for 11 years with three eye implants, which is now Zimbi Dental. Ready for the challenge of working for a startup, he joined Carestack four years ago with the task of commercializing their newfangled cloud-based all-in-one solution for the complete management of contemporary dental practices. Fast forward to present day, Carestack is implemented in fourteen thousand practices, and recently took fourteen hundred
1: and don't get too excited. Uh, 1400,
0: fourteen hundred, sorry. Oh, oh, oh! Feels Soon like fourteen thousand. Fourteen
1: thousand, but that's okay. Yeah, that's you. the
0: goal. That's the goal, right? <laughs> I love it. Oh, this is so year. fun. Fourteen hundred practices, and recently took an investment from the Strawman Group to bring the software to new markets all over the world. We're not slugging it out in an ultra-competitive market, Jim and his wife enjoy watching their kids compete in football and soccer. And I know Travis is coaching basketball and baseball. So and you know these two, right and now. football, yeah. yeah. These two guys, they they do it all. And welcome, gentlemen, to the Future of Dentistry podcast. So happy that you're here.
2: And love being here. Always love seeing your happy face and lighting up the world. Appreciate you. Thanks for having
1: us. Yeah, and thank you so much for the introduction. Really appreciate it. I'm I'm super thrilled to be here today.
0: Well, thank you, Jim. Both of you guys are techies. So when you came on today, I said, okay, you guys are going to take this thing over because I, as everyone that knows me, I'm not a techie, but I love listening to two smart guys. Talking about the future of where you see tech, what are you doing in your in your own worlds of of incubator and 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 developing tech? So you know, honestly, Travis, why don't you take it yeah, away? No,
2: absolutely, and I, I am. I have lots of questions for Jim because you know I've been watching this cloud, the evolution of the cloud-based practice management systems from the beginning. I mean, I was very involved with Curve when they started a long time ago, and you know, had their bumps and bruises. I mean, we know implementing change in dental practices is difficult, um, but I've, I've really enjoyed watching CareStack, you know, come in and just make a huge impact. And I always tell people having competition is also a positive thing because not only does it create a, a, an area that's pushed with multiple people, you know, sometimes when you're the first, it's a, it's a, it's a painful process. I've got the bumps and bruises, right? but CareStack came in and have really, I mean, dominated. I, I, I um, ran an evaluation for a practice uh, last year and they looked at all the cloud-based products and they chose CareStack. And, uh, you know, so that's a different discussion because we kind of want to understand the current state of what's going on with CareStack. I mean, the first question I have, because you mentioned it, Anne, is, you know, what has the the Strauman, um you know, involvement done? I mean, I know that that's a great, I mean, they're... Great company to have before you. I'm not sure you can publicly share, but, you know, congratulations on that. And and how is that kind of changing your day-to-day life and and what CareStack's working on?
1: Yeah, Travis, thank you for for that introduction. And also just for, he is the resource, man. Everyone knows Travis. It's like Kevin Bacon has six degrees of separation in the dental space. It's like two degrees of separation from Travis Rogers. so. So true. Honored to be interviewed here today. I need so to monetize
2: not- that better, Jim. You know, that's true. <laughs> like, my friends all call me like, Trav, what's going on? I was like, well, yeah, you should. Maybe you should get t-shirts made. Six
1: degrees of, of Travis Rogers. Oh. <laughs> come off of your tongue in this. So, so easily. But to, to get back to your, to get back to your question, I think the Stroman Group investment, um, first off, it validates that Carestack as a brand that's built to last. And it was a long courting process. It's officially transacted in April. But there was about two and a half years of courting where they took a long and deep look at CareStack and wanted to make sure that we were fundamentally sound business, uh, that we had a you know solid reputation, that we were continually improving the product, which is what I think makes this industry so great. Everyone's trying to compete so the product gets better and the consumer benefits. Um, and so I think the validation is really important, right? To have strawman in your corner, like like Travis mentioned, one of the most solid names in dentistry, um, tremendous track record of of producing high quality products, innovating. So that was important for us. And and so we're excited about it. Um, They're gonna obviously be an important commercial partner. So they're gonna take Carestack outside of the United States and we'll be debuting in some markets here in 2023, like Australia and Singapore. But the goal is to take CareSAC into other markets, right? Not just the US. So that's item number one. And then the second thing to consider is their, their, their feet on the street, Travis, right? In all fairness, like they have the third largest distribution network behind some of the larger distribution companies, uh, over 400 sales professionals here in the U.S., between Strawman, Neodent, Clear ClearCorrect, and other brands. And it's a way for them to introduce CareStack to other offices that maybe we couldn't reach with our small, you know, eight or nine person team that we have um, working internally, yeah um so i hope it kind of answers your question for the audience
2: yeah no absolutely and i know the way those uh, acquisition you know those involvements go not an acquisition right but that eventually there'll be more channel opportunities for you and and, and things will will continue to evolve so i mean and and we've seen just kind of a general shift towards cloud-based you know the practices a lot of times didn't really they weren't comfortable with it, whether it was security or whether it was just the nature of, you know, the the, the patient records. But, you know, still cloud-based products and practice management system is under 10% utilization right. across the market, right? But there is a big change. It's the biggest evolving segment in practice management systems. What have you seen from your perspective as far as, like, the attitude shift and the change that practice management, um you know, is having towards moving to to being cloud and, and to practices moving to the cloud.
1: You know, great point. And those are some kind of interesting statistics, right? Because if you looked at medicine and healthcare in the hospital space, they're probably 50% cloud. Yeah. Um, I would tell you, I think the pandemic accelerated this. Yes. Due to the fact that people were working in disparate areas. They wanted to access their information. Patients also felt more empowered to do their own self-service tasks, right? Like scheduling appointments, completing onboarding prior to coming into the practice, checking in curbside. And that required a more sophisticated backend in the cloud. But I do want to acknowledge that change is really hard in the dental industry. And Travis, between us, I think we've got like 40 years of dental industry experience, right? Dentists are for the most part, pretty risk averse. They are. And that's really why the financial community loves to lend money to dentists. Because they're safe, sound investments. Mm-hmm. It's not like they go out and start like the restaurateurs, right? That go out with some wild concepts. So dentists are really risk-adverse, coupled with change management. And on top of that, you have this uh, human resources crunch, right? So every office is, is, is concerned about losing team members. So I think the behavior towards making a change is still difficult because whether you go with CareStack or one of our competitors in the cloud, it's a wholesale change for the office. It's like ripping out the central nervous system, replacing it, and then asking that practice to continue to see patients and operate the revenue cycle operate. Right. So there's a lot of upheaval. Some of it's perceived because you and I both know data transitions are not that difficult, but it's the perception of it. So I think the biggest barrier to people moving to the cloud in the dental landscape is the change management fear of change. Yeah. Um, what's in it for me, I hate to say it, but if you don't have a good principal and she runs the practice and doesn't have a reason why the office manager and the insurance coordinator need to come on board. Maybe they're going to sabotage that change. That's another kind of um, element I want to add to the picture. So getting back to your question, that's why I think it's been so slow to evolve and adopt is mainly the change management component of things.
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, a couple of years ago, I I ran a personality test on 5,000 dentists. It was a disc assessment and knows this well. And, You know, it it literally is to I was frustrated, right? Because I was the first to build online referral, electronic referrals, online schedule, all these things. And it was like, why are they not implementing it? And I, I wrote an article in Dental Entrepreneur on this, you know, how to implement change in your practice. It's one of the things that I speak on. But You know, they almost all are of the C personality type, which is caught, you know, often called cautious or compliant or, you know, that type of category, which is information, right? Yeah. Yeah. Conscientious. Right. And so we want that because that's like precision and analytical and detailed. And, and the, the, the team is all of the S or steadiness and they're, you know, supportive and they're more patient oriented, that type of thing. But as the, you know, and you're seeing this with the pandemic change, you mentioned this a little bit. I'd like to dive a little deeper into that is, you know, for, from the perspective of kind of what all has changed in that area because of the pandemic, you know, what what have we seen? What are the expectations that are different? You talked about online scheduling. Sure. What, where Where are you today? Where are you going with that? Because to me, everything we do in the industry is really about making an impact on patients and making their lives better. And, you know, you, you see it when they walk in the dentist, they kind of have their head down When they walk out, they get that nice, big, beautiful smile and it just changes their life. That's why I fell in love with the dental industry. What are you seeing as far as practice management evolution and maybe part of it's tied to the pandemic, but what, what's going on now and what's kind of next in the patient experience?
1: Sure. Yeah. Thank you for that question. I think it, it, uh, patients are much more demanding and discerning at the same time. And uh, the pandemic has kind of created that behavior, right? So think about it for ourselves. I, I know personally, before the pandemic, I wasn't ordering on DoorDash, for example, at the same pace or frequency that I am now, and now that's become kind of second nature. And so I think patients want to control their destiny in healthcare to a higher degree, and they're demanding more from the software companies like Carestack. So patient-facing technology, portals, where they can make payments, sign treatment plans, Basic things like upload the insurance card, right? They want to streamline the amount of time that they're in the practice and they want to minimize maybe at the beginning of the pandemic, it was, okay, I I want to minimize my time in there because I don't want to be in the practice for obvious reasons. Now it's just more convenience. So if I can do the onboarding before I come in, complete the medical history, have my insurance card uploaded, I can maybe shave off 10 minutes for my day. I can show up right at my appointment time. For the practice, they can do the eligibility verification, right? Limitations, exclusions before you come in, because they have all your information. So they like it. So I think patients have been more demanding. And then also the other part is scheduling, right? So I, I can I, I like it to open table, Travis and Ann. So when I call a nice restaurant and they tell me they can either see me at five or nine, but I want 7 p.m. The first thing I do is I go on open table to see if that seven o'clock is really is available, right? I have this kind of a a warning factor that goes off in my mind that they're just trying to keep that for somebody else. And so I think patients are kind of thinking that along the same lines, too. So as an example, CareStack, we saw about 11x increase in just among our clients in terms of self-service utilization. But before March of 2020 to current time, so I can just tell you about our clients. And I'm sure it's kind of similar across the industry that they're doing more. They want to go online and schedule their cleaning and they're, they're not going to go on and schedule their all on for Travis or Anne, but they're going to want to maybe schedule their first appointment at a practice. So that's how I think it's changed the mentality, more demanding and more discerning, I think is, is how I would kind of yeah. uh, summarize it.
0: And Jim, I like would re- I would just jump in here as just a, a clinician myself and a team member, you know, they're so busy now. Uh, front office, and the phones ring, and then they go to voicemail, and you're losing patients that way. And and really, everybody wants ease and simplicity and to be in control of what they're doing. So to have to wait for somebody to be on hold, and then have to call back and all of that, it's just they're, they're going to go to somebody else. So if you want to keep your your patients in the practice and help them happy and the new patients, you know, setting up appointments, this is well, just but- a no brainer.
2: Well, the timing is right. I mean, this generation, especially the next generation, it's all on demand, right? They want it right now. They want to, in fact, you know what, I don't want to even schedule the dentist next week or the week after or six months. I want to do it now. I want to just go and show up. So cloud-based products enable that, right? And so from the, just kind of switching to the, the, the practitioner side, the dentist side, you know, if you were to wave your magic wand, look in your crystal ball, you know, what what is next? What's the next sure. evolution? What's what's coming next? And you know, I I have some ideas too, but uh, you know, curious what you would say is the next thing that's coming up for you.
1: Well, or, I think for the, the industry, yeah, both both you and I have seen like kind of the digital workflow um, happen in clinical dentistry, right? With like seven eight years ago, with with the introduction of Israel scanners and and three dimensional treatment planning and fabrication of crowns on on site through technologies, right? and that was delivered clinically, I think what you're going to see is like from the the treatment and business side of things, that's going to be a transformation. So an example I would give you, I think, I I would love to tell you that practice management software is kind of the hot item right now, but I don't think it is. I think the the big focus right now is using artificial intelligence for second opinions. Yeah. And to create a standard of dentistry. And so Travis and I were recently at a, at a, at a, a group focused dental meeting. And there was a lot of discussion because you have You have group practices that might have a principal clinical leader in, and they might hire a young junior dentist and, and he or she, they're concerned that they don't have the same clinical diagnosis abilities, right? And so the AI is a layer of second opinion and for the, for the clinical director, but Travis also mentioned the patients are more demanding. So they love to see how technology can identify things that the human might have missed. So it's also great for case acceptance. And then it accelerates the treatment plan. And I think then on the, on the back ends, practices want to get treatment plans accepted on site. And so now you have like many more financing options, like buy now, pay later, scan your license and get approval right on the spot. It's all that on demand stuff that Travis spoke about. So I think that's kind of like the next wave that the future of dentistry is like streamlining that from when you show up to when you accept treatments all the ways that technology will kind of be uh, implemented and adopted.
2: Yeah. I mean, I would also say kind of adding to that is, especially with the the group practices, the DSOs in particular, I mean, there's, There's private practice that wants to act like a DSO or they want to know, like, okay, why are these guys so successful at this? I mean, some of the operational excellences that you can provide in the silos that are in the DSOs around insurance. You know, obviously, you know, and I talked a couple hundred, I do a customer discovery process every year, talked about 200 dentists, figure out what their biggest pain points are. Top three are still the same, although they flipped a little bit. It's always been, you know, t- HR and staffing, it's always been insurance verification. It's always been communication. Those are the three things. And, and sometimes they flip, but it's always those top three. And I think with the cloud-based situation, and especially with the movement towards these DSOs or people to act like DSOs, even my neighbor is a dentist over here, right? And she is a fantastic dentist, but she's just had two kids. And now she wants to figure out what she can do remotely. And so with these practice management systems and with these DSOs, I think the next movement is a remote you know, workforce of people that are doing activities in a portal that are all very centralized for that one task that they're doing, right? So she could take that AI that you're talking about, diagnose it, put it into the treatment plan, and, and centralize components, again, whether it's a small group or a large group. I mean, some of the large groups are already doing these types of things. They have the call centers doing scheduling. They have you know, groups of insurance verifications. So obviously, scheduling, insurance. What are the other areas where you think people are going to start doing that, Jim? As far as centralized management of activities from a remote workforce.
1: Yeah, I, I think you talk. I think on the back end of the revenue cycle, for sure, like claims adjudication. Um, I think all those things are going to be concept, you know, centralized. Um, I would, you know, ch- chasing patient AR. All all those elements, like you mentioned, the, the practices still hate, and I, I think that's how cloud-based software might be a little bit. Uh, more intelligent than on-premise is the ability to use technology to say okay we're going to make sure that the claim goes out on a first pass and gets accepted or we're going to do a deeper dive based on limitations and exclusions and downgrades because that's a frustration for the patient too travis when they leave the practice and they assume that they're settled up at the front desk and then the mystery invoice shows up like three weeks later right
2: yeah and
1: now their steam is coming out of their ears they go on They go on Google reviews and post a negative review. And then also the practice is frustrated because Joey or Shelly at the front desk is now making like five phone calls to chase down that 35 or 50 bucks. So I think that's a way that technology can be used a little bit more advantageously is in that, you know, where you can use automation in the insurance process to a higher degree than it's being utilized now by on-premise software.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, transparency is also a big thing that, you know, you know, this, the generation, especially that's coming up, everything is shared, everything's out there. Everything is, you know, everybody's very transparent and they, they, they reward you for being transparent and open. Even sometimes when you're saying, you know, things about yourself that you may not even shouldn't be sharing. Right. And I think (laughs) same thing with the dental practice, you know, it's like some transparency around pricing and cost um, before you come in. Um, It's always been, frustrating thing when you get that bill from your dentist that you know it's like well i i thought that was all covered you know and so yeah i'm seeing more and more products and i had built one years ago before the world was ready for it a a little widget that people put on their site to to share the price and dentistry was a little more averse to that but i think that's another factor that especially with the cloud-based products you can really enable like true transparency enter your insurance do real-time verification, call it out, get your, you know, now with, and I would I do a lot of work with Vine and what they're, what they're doing. They're, you know, creating a centralized kind of database of information where you don't necessarily even every time have to go out to the insurance company. So there's a lot of information that's out there that doesn't necessarily require the insurance companies to work with you because they are difficult they're difficult i mean i'm my hope in the near future is that the insurance companies will will understand that you know what their real job is is to get patients the treatment that they need not to withhold information to not be able to get patients to 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 have to to have that transparency that they want as to the actual cost right now what it's going to cost to come in right So the other thing that I'm seeing, Jim, I don't know if this is something that you agree with, but, you know, also involvement from other verticals. I mean, dentistry is it was a real easy place to come in and be an innovator in because it's 20 years behind everybody else, you know, which was kind of fun, but also kind of frustrating. But the the integration of medical and dental and you know, having that holistic view of yourself as a patient, I mean, there's even medical clinics that you can just come into all the time and you do a scan. And, you know, is that something that you're going to see where, you know, working kind of more hand in hand with medical and and dermatology and optometry sure, sure. and other things? What's, what's the future of that?
1: Well, I think, uh, uh, yeah, well put. I mean, I think that the, the um, collaboration between medical and dental EHRs has started, it's already begun. Like, if you look at, I'll give a shout out to Pacific Dental Services, right? They started something with uh, Epic called Wisdom, which is a, a dental EHR that kind of interfaces with the medical. So they have this holistic approach. And I know CareStack, you know, we work, we're in discussions with medical EHR companies because that's the that's the goal, right? You go to your, your primary care physician, they can access all your records. Um, it's very frustrating right now in medicine, when you go to one physician, but they're on different, they're on, They're not on the same system, right, Travis, one's on eClinicalWorks, one's on Epic or something else, and those doctors can't get information back and forth, and you they might have to, like, share labs or share test results, um, so yes, I definitely think that that's a future, it's, that's in the immediate future here, and you're right, dentistry is, unfortunately, you know, behind the times, look at, look at the patient portal, right, when's the last time you could go to your doctor and not, comp- you know, go on the portal before they'll see you? Yeah, Dentists will still hand you a clipboard, sixty yep. pages thick. If you want it, like who yeah. wants to do that? Yeah, and you're about to say something. I'm sorry. No, yeah. I'm just
0: I'm I'm just sitting here thinking this is the future of dentistry, and the sky's the limit because you're coming in with what you're providing to uh, a group of people that need it desperately. And if they don't get get with the program soon, you know it's it's going to hurt the whole profession. It's it's just so interesting how we have been fle- uh, fledgling along here and we really need to get it together.
2: Yeah, the hope is that the 21st Century Cures Act also helps that too, right? With yeah. the requirement to open up record sharing and, and integrations and things like that. You know, we're, I've banked on that with a product we call My Dental Files, which is an app that has all your records and all your patients and everything, right? That's, to me, that's another big area, you know, cause even with your kids, you know, you want less x-rays, you want, you know, uh, more visibility. Um, But Jim, so what else is there? I mean, I know that's kind of, you know, wrapping up the time here, but, you know, anything else that you want to talk about that's hot? You're going to be at the DSO Tech Summit, I imagine. uh, uh, My colleague,
1: yeah, my my colleague, Nicole, will be there. I think the one thing I would just offer is that you kind of, I want to kind of latch on to something you said earlier about competition. The great thing in the cloud space is because there's so many companies competing. And right now, there's only 10% of the market that Travis mentioned is on cloud so that it's really an abundance mindset, right? We have 90% of the business to go after. So it's not like we're all fighting for that 10%. It's a growing marketplace and we're all gonna hold ourselves accountable. Um, I think what really, it's amazing to me like how quickly we adapted all of us. Like teledentistry was super important during the pandemic. And at Carestack, we launched that within like two weeks. The capability of taking any appointment and making it into a virtual appointment inside of the platform. So not having to leave the platform if you wanted to do a video call or chart or share your screen or show a study model, whatever it may be. So I think that's, um, that's one element. I do think that patients have challenged how they wanna do business with dental practices. We haven't talked about this. People don't wanna stop at the front desk anymore and swipe their credit card. They wanna pay by text. They wanna use Apple Pay or Google Wallet. And I think you're seeing um, dental practices adapt to that. I mean, how frustrating is it when you've got to type a credit card number in on your phone w- versus grabbing it from your wallet, right? And just double clicking on an iPhone. So I think you'll see. I think you'll see the make, making uh, advances to make the patient payment part easier, whether that's with membership plans or or self-pay, whatever it may be. Um, and I just think you'll see more information pushed to patients prior to coming into the appointments, like. Treatment plans, AI information, things like that. So that's kind of the future, a future wave I see in the in the near term.
2: Yeah. And I'll just kind of leave with one final thought too. And then Ann, you can close us out. But I think the next thing too that we all need to be aware of, and this is where I'm going, this will be my next big thing that I'm working on. It's mental health, on demand mental health you know, and I think with the sharing of records, we'll be able to also understand it's just one data point when you understand mental health, right? You know, so all the wearable devices, all of the information that's out there, we know mental health is a big thing and a big issue in the dental industry as a whole. And just like everybody to keep their eye out and, and also just bring, become aware and bring that awareness up of the need for that integration, as well as just you know communication throughout the dental process, where even dentists can help diagnose some of that, because sometimes they're going to their dentist more than they're going to their doctor, right? Um, and there's some components so around mental health and different data points that we can gather to be able to help the world, because we know. And you know, I even asked my kids the other day. I said, "What's the next big thing?" And we all agreed mental health is going to be the next big you know, issue in our society. And it all needs to be on demand. It needs to be right now. Um, in fact, I've been talking to some, some well-known people that I won't mention their names that are really keeping an eye on this. And we're going to invest heavily in the mental care, mental health, on-demand mental health. I want to talk to somebody now, not just a dentistry, but I want to schedule an appointment with a counselor or a psychologist and You know there will be some components that we'll need from the dentist about the patient, as well as their dental records and information about them. That, again, when you're in a mental health situation, and this happened to a friend of mine who you know is no longer with us, that um, that really brought this up on my radar, is they need it now, they want it now, and if we can collect all the data points, provide it it will give the mental health care providers even better and more information as to how they can help treat them as well as just making everybody that it's a part of the patient's care aware that this is something that they can make an impact on as well.
0: Well, that bodes well for the future of the world and the future of dentistry. You guys just gave me so much to think about today. I'm, I'm so impressed with where you're taking dentistry and uh, what you see for for our future and I just thank you both so much I want to have you both back on because this has been a great conversation anyone that's listening today reach out to Jim or Travis and I want to know uh, how did we get in touch with you Jim um, tell us tell everybody that wants to hear more about CareStack or have a demo uh, how do they get in touch with you
1: yeah I, well I mean um, I know this is going to be you know, it's an audio recording is there if there's not a show notes area, my email is just Jay Gerson. So my first initial last name, G-E-R-S-O-N at CareStack.com. You can email me and we can set you up with a discovery call or take a quick demo, whatever makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's great, Jim. Thank you so much. And Travis had How do we get in touch with you?
2: I mean, travisrogers.com or drdds.com. Those are probably the two best places to get in touch with me and my team. So, Ann, thank you so much for having me. Jim, it's great to see you. I'm sure I'll see you somewhere out there in the next couple of weeks.
1: (laughs) Thanks, Travis. Thanks, Ann, for hosting us. Really appreciate it.
0: Thanks, guys. Hey, hey, keep doing you. Okay, keep doing you, everybody. And thanks for joining us today. Appreciate you so much. You're welcome, guys. Come back again. Thank
1: you, you got it.